Today in this special episode, we'll be doing a preview of the 93rd Annual Academy Awards. This is Doctor vs. Comedian. I'm Dr. Asif Doja, and this is the Doctor of Laughs. Not a real doctor. Ali Hassan. Now, typically every episode, I pick a topic for Ali from comedy and entertainment and question him about it. Then Ali picks a topic for medicine and health and grills me on that topic. However, today we have a special episode where we will be previewing the upcoming Oscars telecast. That's right. And I should let people know they're probably like, like, but then what will Dr. Doja have to say about anything? In fact, Dr. Asif Doja is going to be the guy I'm going to be quizzing. Yes, my life is in the television and film world at some level, but Asif Doja is more knowledgeable about that world and about the uh, Oscars than I am and more passionate about it. So we're going to keep you on your toes. I'm going to quiz you a little bit, Asif, about who you think should win, who will probably win. And then in a week or so, we will mock you for your ignorance if uh, if it so appears that you are completely off. Listen, if people want to win in their office betting pools, probably all online these days. But if you want to do that, you listen to my picks today, okay? Okay, big deals, big deal. Another big deal, just before we start off, in the Hassan world, on a personal note, I did get a pop filter. If any massive audiophiles are listening, you may hear less of something. I'm not even 100% sure what you'll hear less of, but the advice is get a pop filter. And I have a pop filter on my microphone. So that I, I do that for you, people. And for those world. of you who don't know what that is, look it up. But if you're interested in doing a podcast, uh, microphone technique and pop filters are important. Another thing before we start there, Ali, I wanted to also thank everybody who's been listening to us because we have been doing really well over the past few weeks since we first came out. And in fact, we're uh, at number two on medical podcasts on the charts for all of Canada. So that's really due to all the listeners. We've yeah, been getting yeah. really good feedback about the podcast. I mean, we really, really appreciate you listening. And I just want to say a big thank you to everyone before we get started. And we really hope that Asif, though, just says the word really one more time. But uh, also, we are climbing the charts in the health and wellness podcast in Canada as well. We're, uh, we're ahead of Goop. Take that, Goop. Huh? Take that, Gwyneth Paltrow. But that's a that's an accomplishment in itself. And we were we were also asked if you can explain what a big deal this is. But not a lot of podcasts get to be on uh, Apple Podcasts' new and noteworthy section, and we uh, we reached that section too. And uh, again, yeah, very very great. Yeah, a lot of podcasts strive to be on that when they first launch. Again, it's we're highlighted by Apple Podcasts. So again, we appreciate everybody who listens to us. And but those people who've been leaving reviews and subscribing and following us on Apple Podcasts that really helped us get to that milestone. So again. A big thank you to everyone as we get started with the Oscars preview. All right, so we are going to focus on eight categories. I just want to give you a heads up on that. I mean, I, I'm not the guy ever to hate on best documentary or best choreography. I'm well aware of how hard all these folks work to bring things to screen. There's actually no best choreography category, but that's okay. You know, okay, all right. Best makeup in an animated film? 
I don't. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, but in the interest of time, in the interest of keeping Asa focused on what he's most passionate about, we're going to focus on eight categories, and I'm going to, as I said, quiz him, and then uh, we're going to end with uh, best picture. But let me just uh, let, let's tantalize you with what we're going to end on. Best Picture nominations are, uh, first of all, The Father. I don't know if you've seen the trailers for this. I don't know if you've seen this, but it is Anthony Hopkins playing a man who is descending into the worst stages of Alzheimer's. The trailer alone is like, you're like, oh yeah, Oscar nomination. You see the trailer and you're like, Anthony, like you worry that Anthony Hopkins might actually have Alzheimer's. He's so deep in character and he's, you know, true to form and phenomenal. So that's one of the nominations. Another one that you have seen, Judas and the Black Messiah, Asif. Excellent movie. It details the life and the murder, essentially, of um, Fred Hampton, who was one of the leaders of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panthers, played by Daniel Kaluuya. And he's excellent in it. We'll talk about him in a bit. Lakeith Stanfield plays an informant for the FBI who infiltrates the Black Panthers and really was responsible for this eventual death of Fred Hampton. So great movie. Excellent. Next film that's nominated is Mank. I'm not sure what you know about Mank. I had to look it up because I was not familiar. This is the one that I'm not familiar with. It's set in the 1930s Hollywood. Uh, and it's uh, Herman Mankiewicz is, is now known as the co-writer of Citizen Kane. We had given that credit to Orson Welles for many years, but Herman Mankiewicz was uh, one of the top screenwriters in uh, in Hollywood during the 20s and 30s. He's also a scathing social critic, raging alcoholic, and um, this movie watches him get Citizen Kane written for uh, deadlines. I don't know. I, if that interests you, it very much interests me. I love that process of screenwriting and writing in general and watching people pull their hair out over it. So I would definitely watch Mank now that I know what it's about, but I have not had the opportunity. Next up is Minari. Minari has already won a Golden Globe, Best Foreign Language Film. There's a big debate about whether that that category is necessary, but it has won that. It is a semi-autobiographical movie from um, Korean director Lee Isaac Chung about his family in Arkansas in the 80s. Could not have been an easy Uh, an easy thing. Promising Young Woman is another movie. You know about that one, right? My daughters uh, even enjoyed Promising Young Woman. Yeah, and we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah, great movie. Emerald Fennell is the um, writer and director. It's a great movie, kind of a, a revenge type movie. Again, you don't want to spoil too much about it. It's a very relevant movie in the day and age of Me Too. Mm-hmm. Next movie is uh, Nomadland. I don't know if you have uh, been able to avoid this. It's very hard to avoid, and I say avoid in a, in, a, in a positive way, any interviews and press that Chloe Zhao has been getting. she Because she directed, edited, wrote, and produced this movie, Nomadland. And it uh, stars Frances McDormand, who is always phenomenal. You know, this is a story that so many Americans can probably relate to. Well, one, her husband dies, but also... She was in a one industry town and that industry closed and she is homeless, travels around the U.S. Roger Ebert said, I quote, I love everything about this movie. Now, just so we're all clear, Roger Ebert died several years ago. So I believe you mean RogerEbert.com unless you were doing some sort of mystic occult uh, seance type (laughs) thing. I have a connection with that man that you would never understand, Asif. Yes, I am talking about RogerEbert.com. The quote is, I love everything about Mm -hmm, this film. mm -hmm. So that says something. Sound of Metal. You and I both have a nice connection to this movie in the sense that we both love Riz Ahmed. Mm -hmm. Uh, I heard an interview with this guy on, uh, on NPR's Fresh Air talking about how deep he went into the preparation 
for this film. And as he should have, you're going to do a film like this about the hearing impaired community. You should go and, and understand the lives of people who cannot hear. And man, he went deep in. He did some incredible, incredible work to get himself to the place where he could uh, he could deliver this character the way he did. And then the last movie is Trial of the Chicago 7, a great movie by Aaron Sorkin, which details the trial and what led up to this trial of the famed Chicago 7 during these protests. A great movie. And again, we'll talk about it uh, when we get to some of the other categories for sure. Sure. And I encourage people to listen to interviews with Sasha Baron Cohen about Abby Hoffman, because I've seen this film mm -hmm. on Netflix. I didn't know anything about any of these characters. And he said he had looked up to Abby Hoffman for years, for years. Mm -hmm. This man was, you know, he was uh, he was he looked like some young hippie who was trying to just fight the system or whatever, you know, people might say about him. But he's incredibly intelligent and he knew how to work a room as well. And so uh, and Abby Hoffman was a provocateur the same way that Sasha Baron Cohen. So you can see you can see the connection like this is, you know, when you talk about a role that someone is born to play. Yes. You think about uh, how he's playing Abby Hoffman. This great job. And again, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about him in a bit. So we will get back to Best Picture and we're going to end on that. But right now, let's start off with Best Original Screenplay. The nominations are Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Out of those five, which one will win, Asif? Your quiz begins and uh, which one should win? So in terms of which one I like the best, it's hard. There are some really good screenplays in this. My personal favorite would probably be Sound of Metal. I just think it's so original, which is the name of the category, original screenplay. But now in terms of who will win, that's where it becomes difficult because if you know how these screenplay categories work, they love giving it to people who they think in quotation marks, deserve a win, maybe who aren't going to win in another category later on, like best director or best picture. It's fixed. Or, uh, it's fixed. And so, and so they tend to like to do that. They love giving it to young and up and coming writers, famously like Quentin Tarantino early on and things like that. So I do think it's probably going to go to Promising Young Woman by Emerald Fennel. That's my pick in terms of who I think will win. This movie is uh, very, very interesting. And the ending, is I won't spoil it for you, but the ending is very surprising, kind of turns everything on its head. And uh, it definitely worth watching. You ruined it for everyone. Um, now, after Best Original Screenplay, there's Best Adapted Screenplay. And you could explain to people what the differences are between those two. There's no there's no overlap. You're either one or mm -hmm. the other. Correct. You're right. So Best Adapted Screenplay is based on a previous work. So, for example, Nomadland was based on a nonfiction book. One Night in Miami is based on a play. White Tiger is based on a book. And the interesting one is, is Borat, subsequent movie film. So I'll, <laughs> I'll let you go through the categories in a second. Yeah, well, you've mentioned four of them. And then The Father with Anthony Hopkins right. is the uh, is the fifth one in that category of best adapted screenplay. And Borat was simply because it's based on the characters from the previous movie. You know, So that's, that's why it's adapted. And so adapted screenplay, again, there's lots of good ones. I mean, I love White Tiger. Uh, I loved a lot of these. Who I think should win is definitely Borat subsequent movie film because <laughs> it is, I mean, when you think about the movie that will stay with you the longest and just the craziness of that movie, how they thought of that, I think it's amazing. It, I think it's a real, it's a real work of art, but who will win? I would say definitely Nomadland by Chloe Zhao. Okay. If you think Asif Doja is talking crazy and smoking great stuff for saying Borat subsequent movie film should win an Oscar, I, I really encourage you to listen to interviews with 
Sasha Baron Cohen about his preparation for that film and what he went through. I mean, his life was literally on the line. He was wearing a bulletproof vest a lot of times when he was going sort of, you know, deep undercover. He was asking people, is today the day I'm going to get shot? Am I going to die? No, no, no. Everybody totally worried around him at all times, was in positions where he was able to expose Rudy Giuliani. He was like, you know, he, there's so many legal proceedings against him because of this movie. I mean, really, what this man gives up and sacrifices for the sake of satire is phenomenal. And I totally agree that it should win. And I would have never said that a, a couple of years ago. I would have thought you're crazy, but nobody's putting their heart and soul and life on the line for a movie quite like Sasha Baron Cohen. Okay. Next up, Best Actress in a Supporting Role. We have Maria Bakalova. She's in Borat, a subsequent movie film. Glenn Close in Hillbilly Elegy. Man, that is an insane performance. Olivia Coleman in The Father. Amanda Seyfried in Mank. Yoo Jung Yoon in Minari. All right. Those are the Best Actresses in a Supporting Role nominations. What do you think? Who's Who should get it? Who will get it? So this, this is a, a pretty tough category. There are some excellent performances here. Olivia Coleman is great. Glenn Close, you know, uh, um, the problem with that movie is it's basically been savagely destroyed by critics. It's... Uh, so I, I don't really think Glenn Close has much of a chance. That leaves the last three. Amanda Seyfried and Mank is really excellent. She does probably the best performance of her career. And my heart wants to say Maria Bakalova. She is quite excellent. So that's my pick of who I think should win. That performance is absolutely amazing. And when you see everything she does in that movie, it's it's incredible. But there is a lot of momentum going towards Yoo Jung Yoon in Minari, who plays the grandmother in that movie. And her performance is funny, sad. It just encompasses everything. And there's a lot of momentum, as I said, towards her. She just won the BAFTA last week. So I do think that if this, you know, the, the Academy has a very short-term memory. They remember the movies they've seen most recently. And now it's like six months from when Borat 2 came out. So I think people are forgetting Maria Bakalova and it's going to be Yoo Jung Yoon is my prediction. Okay. Best actor in a supporting role. We have Sasha Baron Cohen, not for Borat, but for the trial of the Chicago 7. His accent messed with me a little bit. It was a very tough one. He said that was the most difficult thing for him because it was like this Boston accent. And you can kind of hear like some weird sort of a little bit of his British coming in. But his performance is so good that I was able to completely forgive it in my mind. And often I trip up on that kind of stuff. Daniel Kaluuya in Judas and the Black Messiah. Leslie Odom Jr. in One Night in Miami. Paul Rassi in The Sound of Metal. And Lakeith Stanfield in Judas and the Black Messiah. Some heavy hitters here. Who's uh, Who should take it? Who will take it? So this is a very interesting category, right? Because the first thing that you notice is there's two support actors from Judas and the Black Messiah. But those of you who've seen the movie know those are the two main characters. Like there's a few other people in the movie who also do a great job, but these are the two main characters and they're both put in the supporting role. doesn't really make any sense. But I loved uh, a lot of these people, especially Paul Rassi, who's in Sound of Metal. The story behind him is he is a hearing child of deaf parents, so he knows sign language. And you'll see who he plays when you see the movie and how that unfolds. And he's a character actor. We've talked about character actors in the past, really just doing small roles here and there. And this is definitely his biggest role. So he's great. But again, I think I will go with Judas and the Black Messiah. I think who should win, Daniel Kaluuya, and who will win. 
same person. He is amazing as Fred Hampton. Uh, definitely deserves it. That's great. Yeah, seeing a real, real boost in his career. And Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield reunited in this movie after also starring together in... Get Out. You got it. Best Actress in a Leading Role. Nominations are Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andra Day from the United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby from Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand from Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan from Promising Young Woman. Best Actress in a Leading Role nominations. Who do you think? This is, a, again, a very tough category. I'll tell you who I think the front runners are. I think Viola Davis is so great in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. It could be argued it's more of a supporting role, but she is the main female character in the movie. I think Frances McDormand is so good in Nomadland. Those of you who've seen Nomadland is a very interesting movie. It's kind of quasi-documentary with some real people basically playing themselves. And that authenticness comes out in the movie. But the problem for an actress like Frances McDormand is she has to recite her lines while being in the moment with these real people and make it sound just as genuine as those people. It's such a hard act to pull off. It's honestly amazing. The more you think about what she had to do for this movie. Yeah, she has to make it look like a documentary, but she's very much an actor. She's playing on a couple of levels simultaneously. And when you watch this movie, you watch it. I was watching with my wife. My wife is like, those people are real people. There's no way they could say lines like that. Those are too authentic. And it's true. And for Frances McDormand to play off them is amazing. So she's also a big front runner. And then Carrie Mulligan really gives uh, the star changing, uh, if that's a word, performance for this. It makes you reconsider Carrie Mulligan and, and her range as an actress. It's tough. Who do I think should win? I think probably Frances McDormand. She's just so good. It's also recency bias because that's the movie I saw most recently. But who I think will win, the other thing the Academy loves in this best actress role, they love giving it to a new up and coming ingenue or someone who's breaking boundaries compared to their past performances or someone who's an old pro who who just has deserved it for so long. Carrie Mulligan kind of falls somewhere in the middle, though I think she's more at the, at the earlier stages of her career. But I think she's that kind of ingenue who's really breaking boundaries. I'm going to say Carrie Mulligan. All right. Best actor in a leading role, Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman posthumously for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins for The Father, Gary Oldman for Mank, and Steven Yeun for Minari. I got to say, Gary Oldman is my Francis McDormand in this ca in the sense that these OGs who I don't even care what the subject matter is, if they're in a film, I want to watch because it's a masterclass every time. So the Gary Oldman immediately pulls me in. I just don't, I haven't seen Mank, so I don't know what this yeah, was like. Yeah, he's excellent sure. in Mank. It's, it's such a great performance. As you said, every performance. Can you name a bad Gary Oldman performance? It's almost, and same with Anthony Hopkins, same thing. Like These guys are just actors at the top of their game. That being said, I don't think either of those two are, are front runner. I'm so happy to see a Muslim you know, British person in Riz Ahmed being nominated. It's really encouraging. He's so good in Sound of Metal. Again, he plays this heavy metal drummer who's losing his hearing. And then seeing Steven Yeun, who I loved in, in uh, The Walking Dead, and just the, the opportunities he's been getting since leaving that show have been amazing. And he does a great performance. His, his dialogue is 90% in Korean, and he's, a, he's an American-Korean actor. Amazing. 
Uh, I feel a butt coming on. But, so you've named four people and given them full respect. Number five. But that being said, yeah, I mean Chadwick Boseman, you know, and hopefully we'll in the future do do an episode talking about him and his life. But his performance as Levy in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is absolutely amazing, and I think people are not just going to be rewarding him for this and for his performance in The Five Bloods, which came out earlier on this year. They're going to be giving him this award posthumously for his career, his contributions to cinema. So I think there is no bigger lock, definitely this year, but perhaps in the history of the Academy Awards than Chadwick Boseman for this role. Well, you heard it here first, or maybe this is the hundredth time you've heard it, but there is no bigger (laughs) lock than Chadwick Boseman. We will follow up with that uh, definitely right after the Oscars. All right. One more category, and then I think you wanted to talk about something else before we get into the final best picture. We have best director, Thomas Vinterberg for Another Round, David Fincher for Mank, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, and Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman. Again, I don't know Another Round, but I do know the other four films of... um, I mean, it, I, maybe you have some insight, but I feel like it's anybody's best guess. But you go based on you know what the Oscars have done in the past. So who should have it? Who will have it? Yeah, and and uh, you can look at the stats in terms of who wins the Directors Guild Award, how often they go on to winning the Oscar or not, how often Best Picture and Best Director match up. It used to be a very, very high correlation, but that's changed a bit over time. It's not always the same person. And again, you can see over the past probably 20 to 25 years, that's kind of changed over time. To me, the main contenders for this are David Fincher for Mank. I mean, that is a it's a beautiful movie, the way it's shot, it will almost for sure, I think, win Best Cinematography. That would be my pick, but we're not talking about that category today. The issue with with Mank, I think, which we'll get to when we talk about Best Picture, is I'm not really sure who that movie's for. It's probably made for huge film buffs who are intimately familiar with Citizen Kane. Because if you have not seen Citizen Kane or it's been a long time, you probably need to have a Wikipedia entry open to try and <laughs> figure out exactly what's what's going Refresh on and who the characters are. And I think that's a limitation of that movie, but I think it looks amazing. So I think it comes down to probably Leah Zay Chung from Minari or Chloe Zhao from Nomadland. But again, Nomadland is such a singular film. I, I think it's going to be Chloe Zhao. All right. Yeah. It's very interesting that you and I are right on brand, even when it comes to the Oscars. I'm all anecdotes. I'm like, it could be anybody's best guess. And you're like, well, based on the history of this and accounting for inflation and also the evidence of these things. All right. So you're saying Chloe Zhao for best director. Asif, you had something else you wanted to drop in before we get to best picture. Uh, Yeah. I just want to give an honorable mention to one of the categories we didn't talk about, which is best sound. Best sound encompasses now best sound editing, best sound design. And the movie that I think should win and I predict will win is Sound of Metal. And because what they do with sound is absolutely amazing in that movie. Because again, you're going through the experience of someone losing their hearing. So a lot of times you're looking at from Riz Ahmed's character's point of view. And so the sound will drop out. It will be muffled. Then it will come back and you're seeing how he incorporates it. And then this is a minor spoiler for the movie, but you also get to hear the experience of people who have surgery for hearing loss, which is what's called cochlear implants. And again, it'd be nice to hopefully talk about that on a future episode. And people who have had cochlear implants put in, who have watched the movie, say 
this is exactly what it sounds like. So for them to be able to replicate the sound of what goes on in someone else's head that you cannot describe to someone else, you can only imagine what what is going on in someone else's head. That's that's impressive. So Sound of Metal for best sound, in my opinion. I mean, they got the word sound right in the title, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. They, uh, they're a front runner right away, but then they also did phenomenal work. Okay, so we've been talking about the 93rd Academy Awards, which are coming up, by the way, April 25th in Los Angeles, and they'll be taking place in person. Sounds like a terrible idea, but not, I mean, in person, but not with a full audience, obviously. That's my understanding. Yeah, it was pushed back from the February date to April 25th, and they are going ahead with that. So we have landed up on Best Picture. We talked about them earlier. The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Trial of the Chicago 7, all phenomenal movies in their own right. Who's taking it and who uh, who should take it? So I'll just make a comment about some of these movies. Mank, I kind of already spoke about why I don't think it will win. It's because of exactly the question of who it's designed for. Jews and the Black Messiah, I think, is great. I do wonder, watching that movie, why it couldn't just have been a documentary about Fred Hampton and whether because his life is so amazing and he was he died at twenty one and he was already clearly going to be a leading a civil rights activist in the U.S. I wonder if if a documentary could have been done just as as well as that. I think uh, Promising Young Woman is a possibility, though there is some controversy associated with that movie, again, with some of the the violence and the the ending, which, again, I won't spoil for anyone. And so you think about movies like The Trial of the Chicago 7, which I think, Ali, you would agree, in a typical year, the classic Oscar bait movie, this is it. Tons of stars, well-known director, Aaron Sorkin's one of the best screenwriters ever, and it ends on a positive note, slightly, in terms of the ending of the trial. And so I think that would be a typical one, but again, this is an atypical year. So again, I love a lot of these movies. Minari is great. I think Minari is maybe melancholic, again, not to do give any spoilers, for the Academy. And Sound of Metal, again, there's, there's some melancholy attached to some of these, which you can argue is maybe not that inappropriate for this year, right? We've all had a melancholic 12 months plus. So, but in the end, you probably can figure out what I'm getting at is I think it's going to be Nomadland. So my pick, my personal pick for I think the best movie I saw on this list is Nomadland and who I think will win is Nomadland. I think Chloe Zhao really captures something about America and this kind of wandering spirit and this idea that that's you watch this movie and you think, yeah, I would love to do that. Or maybe you think about it like I would hate to do that. But certainly in this, these days when we feel so trapped and confined, I think that's that's what it is. And and just to raise something I brought up before, Chloe Zhao has been interviewed. And, and, and I thought the same thing as I thought about Judas and the Black Messiah. Couldn't this just have been a documentary? But Chloe Zhao has thought about that a lot. And she, because remember, it's based on a nonfiction book. So just make a documentary out of the nonfiction book. She's like, would a documentary be any truer than what I have shown to you on the screen? And it's such a, uh, such an interesting way of putting it. And I really had to think what, what is truth and what affects you? And when she puts it like that, I'm like, no, she, she's, she's right. This is probably the right medium for this movie. And just a reminder that she wrote this film, she directed it, she produced it, and she edited it. And so the press that she's getting is is well worthwhile, and it stars Frances McDormand, obviously. So who better to communicate these messages? And interestingly, when I, when I – Hillbilly Elegy is based on a book by J.D. Vance. 
I read an article in the early days of Trump's campaign by J.D. Vance illustrating why he felt that Trump had been elected to, pre- to, to become president. And what he touched on was a lot of a world that he knows from his own upbringing of like people in these, you know, one industry towns and the industry closes and people are just left to sort of fend for themselves and nobody speaks for them. You heard about poor blacks. You heard about rich blacks. You heard about rich whites. You heard about the middle class. You never heard about the poor whites. Nobody was speaking to them until Donald Trump came. Anyway, Nomadland actually kind of, you know, picks up where where Hillbilly Elegy, uh, you know, began and takes it into a much more uh, compelling space, the, the the one story of this one person. So anyway, great. I hope uh, I hope that that, that Chloe Zhao does uh, does receive so exactly what you feel. She now will. quiz you on something to see if you can read my mind. So we talked about all this, and these are the nominees. So obviously, I'm picking through the nominees. But of every movie we talked about, so in other words, the ones that were nominated for either screenplay or some acting awards. There's one movie which we saw this year, I know you've seen it as well, which I think will stick with me longer than all the other movies on here. So what movie do you think that is? Let me think about this. It's not nominated Uh, for Best Picture. It's not nominated for Best Picture. The one that'll stick with you, I is it Borat? Subsequent movie film? It's it not. Is. It, it is. is. No, it is. Okay, it, it, is. Okay. it is. It is. So uh, exactly. Yeah. I, I just I still think about that movie, the outrageousness of it, and again, hopefully we'll talk about this on on a subsequent episode. But the 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 goal that Sasha Baron Cohen had, and his adamant, he was so adamant to get this out before the election in in 2020 so i i i I think that will be the movie i still think about in a a few years we'll see time has this way of you kind of reflect on these movies and you see the ones that stick with you the ones that don't but right now i think that will be the one i'll think about in the future the most Mm -hmm. passionate champion doesn't even come to close to describing how his commitment to comedy and satire and and democracy and the power of democracy and you know so i i yeah he's he's Always worth looking into, always very eloquent. You see the movie and you're like, who is this ding dong? But not at all the case, right? Cambridge University, I believe, or Oxford University educated. And uh, yeah, very, very intelligent guy. And as we said, puts his life on the line for his uh, for many of his films. So yeah, to be watched. All these films, if you watch them, would have a would have a place in your heart. And, and I think, as you say, Asif, an abnormal year, not the type of year we're used to. So we're connecting with films on on different ways that we haven't before. So there you have it. That is uh, Asif Doja, pediatric neurologist, giving his picks for Oscar nominations and winners. That's weird. I know. It doesn't it feels like I should be doing that, but that's this is Asif's passion and this was a special episode and it's something that Asif and I like to talk about when we're in person, when we're talking about stuff. So we said, why don't we bring that to our audience, and if it helps you, uh, you know, escape from uh, for for a little while from the world we're living in, then great. And if also if it encourages watching of some of these incredible films, even better.
That's our uh, that's our show for today. Asif, uh, again, we said this at the beginning. Uh, huge thanks to everyone who's uh, who's listening, who's subscribing. We would very much appreciate five stars when you have the option to review us. It really helps us put us in a, you know, the algorithms uh, work in these um, seemingly mysterious ways, but we know the five stars puts us in a place where we can we can compete, we can stay high on these rankings, and we can promote ourselves and, and get more on people's It's a competitive radar. landscape out there for podcasts. And then uh, make sure that you reach out to us. You can reach out to us at uh, drvcomedian at gmail.com or on social media on Twitter at drvcomedian, Instagram drvcomedian. And let us know. You know, we've received several messages about how people are liking the podcast, what they like, what they think we could improve on. And we always like hearing that. But it's also nice to hear people say, you know, I like listening to this just to get my mind off things. It's so and to just smile and laugh and and hear Ali making fun of me. You know, that's and that's what we do. That's what we're doing this for. I promise to do more of it. I promise to do more of <laughs> so it. So that's that's what we're here for. We just hope that this podcast can uh even if it just brightens your day for uh half hour, forty five minutes, that's mission accomplished. All right. Thank you very much, everyone. We'll see you again soon. See ya. Mm-hmm.